Well, looking at a, a new year ahead of us here, uh, the reminder, I mean, there's one sense where it's, uh, you get to a certain point in life and it's kind of like your birthday, it's much like yesterday, and yet at the same time, it's also a cause, it, it kind of is a, a sort of prompting to us to kind of look forward with some expectation and, and kind of demarcates a... Uh, um, kind of a, a point where we can begin to make some transitions that the Lord would uh, have us to make in our life. And, and as we uh, look forward to this next year, you know, my hope is that we, we do so with a purpose and an intent to honor the Lord and to uh, just render all things to Him, um, to pursue Him more diligently than we did last year, to love Him more completely than we did last year, to, to walk with Him more faithfully than we did last year, to walk in the fullness of the Spirit more than we did last year, to just surrender our lives to Him more and more as we go along and uh, um, be a vessel in His hands. And We're going to uh, actually look, go back to Exodus chapter 27. So if you remember where Exodus is, uh, go ahead and turn back there. We're going to pick up where we left off um, prior to the Christmas season there, in Exodus 27, starting in verse 20. And I want to ask, uh, ask you this question, and uh, you don't have to answer it out loud. Um, but uh, and it's, I guess, a bit of a rhetorical question. And, and that is, um, who provides and protects you and your loved ones when you're not available? I mean, you have to sleep sometime, right? And uh, there's times where um, sometimes you get sick, right? And you're down for a couple days. Um, sometimes uh, you're out of cell service. Nobody can reach you and you can't reach them. What happens then? Obviously, it's a bit of a rhetorical question because we know the answer really is that we're not in control of all things. And yet, um, too often, you and I go through life as if we really are. And we carry um, the weight of that, and it's a burden we were never designed to carry. It's a task we were never designed to complete. Um, But there is one who is Lord of all, who does have today and tomorrow in the palm of His hand, who does have you and your loved one in the palm of His hand, who does overshadow you, undergird you. He goes before you and behind you. And when we, try to, when we confuse our job with His job, we're going to find a lot of frustration and stress and anxiety and anger and uh, confusion in our life. Uh, Because that's not our job to do, and we're not even capable of doing it when we try to. So, let's look at Exodus chapter 27, because in our passage today is the reminder of God's powerful presence among His people. His protection, His provision, and um, I, I think it's a good way to start out the new year by centering ourselves once again on who it is that's in in charge And so let's look at Exodus 27, verse 20. And I would just like to begin us uh, by going before the Lord in prayer. Lord, as we open Your Word for the first time of 2022, at least together, Lord, we 
we ask you to be our teacher this morning, that you would be our interpreter of your word to teach us, to give us wisdom and insight and understanding. Uh, Lord, that, that uh, we wouldn't have a knowledge that, that just puffs up or is useless, but Lord, that what, we, what you reveal to us and teach us, Lord, would be put into practice in our lives. That it would teach us uh, and draw us more deeply into fellowship with you and with one another um, to surrender more of ourselves to you, to trust you more completely. So, Lord, reveal yourself to us through your word this morning, and um, Lord, help us to begin to take the first steps of, of this year with you, that we would walk in step with you in 2022, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 27, verse 20. So we, uh, uh, just as a recap, if you forgot kind of where we were, we were, uh, the Lord was giving design instructions for the tabernacle and various aspects of the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was the place where he was going to make his presence manifestly known among his people. And um, the tabernacle is, is uh, where the sins of the people would be atoned for. And there are two chambers of the tabernacle. Um, there's the, the, uh, the most inner chamber is the Holy of Holies. It's pretty much off limits all the time, save, save one day where um, the priest is allowed to go in to atone for the sins uh, of all the people. And uh, the, then there's the outer chamber, which is uh, the holy place. And the holy place was where the, the daily business of of uh, in the tabernacle would be done, and so that's where um, this is. This is that now one of the things that the Lord is laying out uh, is to be done in that that outer chamber, the the holy place. He says, "You shall command the people of Israel that they bring to you pure beaten olive oil for the light, that a lamp may regularly be set up to burn." Um, so there's. In that outer chamber, that holy place, uh, that, that first chamber that you would enter into were you to walk into the tabernacle, um, there were various things that the Lord had uh, given instruction for them to craft and, and to have placed in that outer chamber. And one of those was the golden lampstand. So if you uh, turn back a couple chapters, you can read about the golden lampstand there in chapter 25. Uh, it's actually a, a one-piece lamp stand with actually seven lamps on it. And um, uh, obviously, these are not uh, incandescent bulbs or LEDs or anything. We're talking about some fuel source like oil, for instance, right, that would be burned for light. And the command that God gives is that the people, the people who are being served who are being mediated uh, um, in the in the tabernacle are, are to bring oil for that purpose to be used in the tabernacle and the oil that they're to bring is to be pure beaten olive oil now um, what is essentially being instructed to them is that they're to bring the best the first and the best oil that's extracted from the olives it's the purest and it has both, I think, a, a practical purpose and a spiritual meaning or purpose in it. 
And the practical purpose is this, that um, there would be kind of two grades of oil. I mean, maybe they have more than two grades, but essentially for our understanding here today, uh, two grades of oil. There's the first oil that would be extracted from the olives. It's a gentler process. It takes longer, and it, and it extracts a purer version of oil. Then, then there's a, uh, a, a, an, the rest of the process to extract the fullness of, the, of what's left there would be in a more aggressive technique where it produces a, a dirtier oil. You get parts, little tiny parts and pieces, a, a cloudier, less pure oil extracted from that final process uh, of the oil, getting oil out of the olives. And so the first, that first oil that comes out of the olives, because it's more pure, it's going to burn cleaner and burn brighter. So there's a practical purpose in the pureness of the oil that they're to bring, but there's also a spiritual purpose in it. And it's a principle that we see throughout Scripture and, uh, and included, including here, and that is that when we bring things to the Lord, when we bring our gifts, our offerings to the Lord, that we bring our first and our best. In other words, we don't bring the Lord what's left over. So we don't, we don't extract all the good stuff, use it for our personal gain, and then say, hey Lord, I've got an extra gallon of that dirty stuff if you want it. But there's a principle throughout Scripture where God says, bring your first and bring your best. It's a way that we express, one, thankfulness, uh, our thanksgiving to Him, uh, but two, we express our faith, that we trust Him. Uh, it's part of why we give our tithes and offerings. It's an expression of worship and ex- an expression of faith, that Lord, we trust You more than we trust these dollar bills in our hand, more than we trust this, this pure olive oil, the best and the first that we have here, our most expensive a uh, priceless part of, of, the, of what we're going to extract from these olives, and we give of that to you. Uh, it, 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 just, it says, Lord, we trust you. We trust you to provide. We trust you to be our Lord, the one who watches over us. And so he commands his people to bring that pure oil for the lighting of the lamp. Verse 21 here, in the tent of meeting outside the veil, so that first chamber, that is, before the, uh, before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall tend it from evening to morning before the Lord. Uh, the mention here of Aaron and his sons, we're going to actually get into that in chapter 28. But if you look down to the first verse, you see um, here we're being kind of, uh, uh, it's a little teaser, I guess, of uh, what the Lord's going to implement here in the priesthood. And that is, if you look at verse 1 of chapter 28, then bring near to you Aaron your brother, and his sons with him from among the people of Israel to serve me as priests. So it's going to be Aaron and his descendants then that are called upon to serve as the mediators between God and man, the priests among the people. And so they're going to serve both the people and serve God and be the ones who, who are sort of the ones who are just, their, their purpose is to keep Israel looking to and trusting in God and then to bring messages then uh, to the people, to keep them tied to the truth of God. And so uh, that is, that, that's just a, the mention of Aaron and his sons there, kind of leads us that direction. We'll find out more about that later. And, but they're given this job of tending 
the lamp from evening to morning before the Lord. And then, and then it says, and it shall be a statute forever to be observed throughout the generations by the people of Israel. So they're given this task that from basically the, the, the hours that, are, that it's dark, this, these lamps are, the lamp is to be maintained, is to be lit and kept lit throughout the dark hours. And it's Aaron and his, his sons, his descendants' responsibility to keep that, keep those, that lamp lit throughout those dark hours. Now, there's obviously a practical purpose in that, in that if it's dark, you can't see in there, right? So there is a practical dynamic to it, but there's something much more profound and much more important going on with the lighting of the lamps and the keeping it lit. Uh, they're instructed to, to have this. Uh, they're, they're to light it, keep it lit from evening to morning, and then it's a statute that stands forever, meaning it's to be done today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, next decade, next generation, that this continues uh, to be upheld. In other words, every night, that lamp is burning. Now we're going to look this morning at a couple of things. One is, what is the significance of, of the lamp? And we, we have previously talked about that, but we're going to revisit that. What's the significance of the lamp or the light? And then the second question is, what's the significance of that lamp being uh, lit throughout each night every day? What's the significance of that? So the first one here, what's the significance of the light? Well, first off, the Lord, Yahweh, is the light of His people. Um, we've kind of seen that expressed actually earlier in Exodus, Exodus chapter 13. If you remember, how did the Lord lead His people? In the daytime, it was pillar of cloud. And at night, pillar of fire. That pillar of fire at night was a reminder of God's constant presence with His people and it also illuminated their way. The Lord is the light of His people. Look at Psalm 18.28. We have, there we go. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. The Lord is the light for His people. He gives uh, discernment. He gives wisdom. He gives understanding. He gives knowledge. He sorts out truth and falsehood. He shows us the way. In fact, the, this, this same sort of thing is, is spoken of about His Word. That His Word is a lamp to our feet. The Lord is the one who lights the way for us. The second, second thing, uh, second significance that um, goes along with that about the light and the lamp is that the Lord is pure, holy, and righteous. The light, light is, is a, represents a, a purity, a uh, uh, um, sort of a, an untainted quality to it. Um, when we look at the sun, I mean, we even know that the sun has 
practical purposes for purifying things, right? Sunlight in and of itself uh, is, is like an amazing disinfectant, right? Uh, the sun is a powerful thing. It's a purifying source. And when, when light, when that sunlight permeates into dark places, it exposes things. The Lord is, a, is pure and holy and righteous, and the light reminds us of the purity of who He is, His complete and ultimate purity and holiness and righteousness. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says this, This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. There is no imperfection in the Lord. Now, when I say no imperfection, I'm not talking about um, like, like the dirty olive oil where you can find tiny imperfections or, or a diamond where you might be able to find little imperfections in it. I'm not talking about that kind of imperfection. I'm talking about falsehood. I'm talking about deceit, an element of, of evil or, 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 or just selfish pride that, that we have within ourselves the lord has none of that you and i can't say that in us is no darkness at all we 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 really work to to fight against that uh, to give that over to the lord to walk in the light as he is in the light but the truth is there is darkness within us that the lord is seeking to root out daily but in the lord there is no darkness at all there is no falsehood. There's, there's no hidden shadow in the Lord. There is no skeleton in the closet. He is who He is. And He is that purely and in holiness and in righteousness. James 1.17 says this, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Who He is is who He is. Now you and I will use that phrase, that you know what you see is what you get. But the truth is, that's not really true. With us, we, we, we might think we're an open book. We might think that there's no falsehood or deceit or manipulation within us, but that's not, that's not reality. I mean, we may be, some of us may be more forthcoming than others or whatever, but... The reality is there's, there's always hidden junk in our life. There is none with the Lord. He's not this way today and then that way tomorrow. Malachi 3.6, He says, I am the Lord, I do not change. And He does not change. We can know today that He is today who He was yesterday and will be tomorrow who He was today. He is who He is. There's no falsehood. There's no manipulation. Uh, and there is no change. Now this brings, I think, should bring a lot of comfort to us. Because, I, I don't know about you, but I have difficulty sometimes even trusting myself. I know that there's stuff in here that's prone to make bad choices. That's, that's, that's prone to make wrong judgments and wrong conclusions and just have wrong desires. And so there's a way in which I don't even trust myself. And yet the Lord is completely trustworthy. 
you and I should draw great comfort in that. He illuminates our way. He illuminates truth because He is truth. He is light. And the beautiful thing is, the third point here, He is the eternal light of His people. He is the light of His people always and forever. Look at Revelation chapter 21. Turn there with me if you would. It's the last last book uh, of the Scripture there. Revelation chapter 21. Verse 22. And uh, the context here is speaking of the end of days. And um, speaks to just the Lord being the light of His people. Not just, not just in Exodus chapter 13. Uh, not just in Exodus chapter 27. Um, but always and forever. Revelation 21:22 And I saw no temple in the city for its temple is the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the lamb by its light will the nations walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it and its gates will never be shut by day and there will be no night there They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. It is the Lord Himself who will illuminate uh, heaven. And when you consider that the Lord made the Son... And then you consider that the creator of the sun uh, must have a greater power and uh, light than than its creation, than his creation. Uh, that gives you some some measure of at least uh, starting to put into perspective how powerful and illuminating the presence of God is. Uh, you and I can't even um, look at the sun without damaging our eyes. Um, Remember when Moses went and met with God, he comes down off the mountain after having met with God and the people look on Moses' face seeing the reflection of of the holiness of God on Moses' face after Moses has left the mountain and they can't look upon him. The Lord is going to be our light for eternity. A light that will not be extinguished or go out. So let's look at the second significance here. The the significance of why it's to be lit um, every night and to be maintained throughout the night. Day after day. What's the significance of that? Well, the first one is this that I want to look at. That while you and I... um, you and I, we require rest. We require sleep. Uh, we can't be on 24-7. Now, um, there are going to be times where uh, you're not available even to, to be a help or to lead something or to protect or to provide. 
But you know, the Lord always is on duty. He is always watching over you in a way that's much more capable and powerful than you can or that I can. Look at Psalm 121. Turn there with me. It's right in the middle of your Bible there. Psalm 121. This is, a, this is a, just a great one to meditate on. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The Lord watches over His people with, with diligence. He, he is always watching over His people. The significance of that lamp burning from evening to morning throughout the hours of dark is the reminder that God never sleeps when it comes to watching over His people. He is always present. He is always alert and aware and knows what's going on and He is always a, a, a part in intervening and working His will. God never sleeps. He is always working on our behalf. He is always watching over us. He is always providing for us. Look, when you and I lay our... Uh, the, that whole business about uh, he, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The reminder that, that he's not like us. We lay our head down on the pillow at night and there's not a thing we can do really um, uh, about watching over ourselves or our loved ones or anything else in the world. But the Lord, it's not so with him. You and I, we can lay our head down on our pillow at night in peace and rest because we know He who watches over us is more capable than even us trying to stay awake and watching over ourselves. He is your keeper. Second thing is this. Why the significance of the lamp burning throughout the night is because He watches... Because He watches over His people day and night, because He never sleeps or slumbers, because He's faithful to be present, watching, protecting, providing, because of that, His people may have peace always because of the confidence they have in Him. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21-26. through 26. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid when you lie down. Your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. 
for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. The world is always telling us that we have something to be afraid of. That's the message from the enemy. Be afraid. Be very afraid. The world is always sending us the message that, I don't know what it is today or tomorrow, right now it's, it's a virus. A virus is going to destroy us all. Sometimes it's an asteroid or a comet that's going to destroy us all. At other times, it's a World War III that's going to destroy us all. I, I mean, you name it, there's an endless stream of things that are being, being told to us are going to destroy us. There's an endless number of reasons being offered to us for why we should not sleep well at night. Why we should toss and turn in our bed wondering if we're going to see the light of day. Um, but the truth is, you and I, if we trust in Him, should be able to lie down and not be afraid, but to let our sleep be sweet because it's in Him. Uh, I, I, it's similar to uh, um, you know, a phrase that I heard many years ago that I've kind of taken to heart, you know, that uh, a, a um, clear conscience is the best pillow, that kind of idea that when, when you don't have any reason to feel guilty, you're going to sleep better at night. Um, well, it's even more true when it comes to your trust in the Lord. When you know who it is that watches over you and how capable his, he is, how powerful He is and how present He is with you, you will sleep much better. And that is a picture of the trust that we have. It's like uh, when, you, when you hold a, a, an infant in your arms and they get kind of comfortable in your arms and they just go to sleep. They're not worried. They know they're safe. They sleep because they know they're safe. And that is the picture of how we are to be in the Lord. He watches over us day and night. And there's nothing that's going to come at us that He does not see or is not capable to see us through. We're called to persevere, not because you and I can muster it up and do it on our own, but because the Lord is on our side. If we walk with Him, there's, there, there is no wall we cannot go through. And not because we're, we want to go through it, but if it's, his, if it's His desire, He's leading us in a direction, our, our, the best wisdom we can employ is walk in step with Him. That is the safest place in the world to be. The best, safest, most fruitful place we can possibly be is right in the middle of where He wants us to be. And His Word lines out for us the majority of where He wants us to be. Walking in step with Him in the fullness of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, in, in carrying out His will. Psalm 97 verse 10 says this. I think we have it up there. We don't have that, but I know where to find it. Psalm 97.10 O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of His saints. 
He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. The thing that really, and Jesus said as much, the thing that we really ought to fear if we're going to fear anything is the Lord. Not what man can do to us, but the one who has power over not just physical life and death, but eternal life and death. It's the Lord who preserves his people. And here's the third thing about the significance of the lamp being lit throughout the night. Do you realize that if the Lord does not protect his people, the best efforts of the people are in vain? You're, you're the, the, the hardest you can toil with the most perseverance you can muster is meaningless if the Lord is not watching over you. We, um, we ought now, during these days, I think, just to be as aware as, as we ever have been of the frailty of human life. It is all around us. Every day. And for a variety of reasons. I'm not just talking about a virus. I'm talking about there, there are so many things that expose the frailty of human life. And yet there is no one who can snuff it out and nothing that can snuff it out unless the Lord allows it to be. He's the author of life, and He is the one who presides over it. Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2, and I'm going to ask you, well, I guess we have it here, but you might want to mark this one and come back to it at some other point. Spend some time really chewing on that one before the Lord, considering what it means in your life. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for He gives to His beloved sleep. Now, please don't take anything out of context here. The Lord is not encouraging you to be lazy and sit around and do nothing he's not saying don't work hard but what he's saying is don't take that burden upon yourself that you are the provider and protector that is his role he is provider and protector and if we try to take that upon ourselves we are not equipped for that task uh, you my guess is you've probably uh, if you're not going through it now, you've probably wrestled with this already in your life and maybe many times. That desire to try and, and, and take hold uh, of, of, the, of the reins of, of your life and, and, and direct it wherever you want it to go. And you find frustration after frustration in that. You find anxiety, worry, um, depression, anger, all of those things come with trying to do the Lord's job for him. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. I want to ask you today if the Lord is the builder of your house. Whatever that is, you're going to have to consider what, what is the house right now for you? It might be a literal house. It might be, uh, it might be a relationship. 
Uh, It might be some ambition that you're pursuing. Whatever it is, is the Lord the builder of that house? Is He the one that laid the foundation for that? If He hasn't, I would suggest to you find a new house to build. Because if you, can, if you insist on building a house that the Lord is not uh, the builder of, you're building in vain. And you're building into your life a lot of future pain. A lot of future problems. And some of those may last, may follow you around for a lifetime. What is the house you're building, and is it the Lord who's the builder? Who is it that's watching over your city? Do you feel it's your responsibility to keep yourself safe, keep yourself healthy, keep your loved ones safe, keep them healthy, to keep keep everything? It's your job. You're the keeper. You're the one that makes sure the finances are good. You're the one that makes sure that everybody's health is good. You're the one that makes sure whatever it is that, that, you're, that, that your decisions, that everyone's decisions are, are, are the right ones, that you, you carry this weight with you as if it's your responsibility to be the Holy Spirit. And that's not you. That's not me. But if we try to do that, If we try to watch over the city as if it belongs to us, we're going to fail miserably. And the very people that we're trying to provide for or protect are actually going to end up suffering because of it, not being blessed by it. It's the Lord's job to watch over the city. Is He watching over your city? Have you surrendered that care over to Him? Have you entrusted Him to watch over you and your loved ones and whatever it is in your world? Or are you toiling and stressing and straining to do His job for Him? It's a burden too great for us. There in Psalm 127, verse 2, it says, He gives sleep. He gives His beloved sleep. You know what that means? He gives rest to those who trust in Him. He gives you rest from that burden. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Jesus has some, uh, some great words here for us. You might want to turn there. And... Uh, I want you to turn there because I want you to mark it and come back to it later and uh, spend some time before the Lord just thinking this through. Matthew 11, verse 28. You and I, we've labored at a lot of things. We've labored to defeat sin in our life. We've we've labored to reach heaven. We've, We've labored to try and clean up our act. We've we've labored to try and order our life and uh, try to achieve things by our own pursuit and ambition and, and uh, ability. And you and I are aware of that heavy burden. Jesus says, verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus promises rest for your soul. That's the kind of rest we need. Sometimes we could use a day off here and there. Maybe longer than that. But what we need more than anything is rest for our weary soul. That's, that's where we really need the rest. And that rest comes by giving it over to the Lord. By trusting Him. By handing Him all, all saying, Lord, this, this is the burden I carry. And I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It belongs to you. Carry this. Whatever part of it has any redeeming value to you, whatever part of it has a glorious purpose, carry it for me. And whatever part is meaningless and needs to be left behind, leave it behind. Jesus says His burden is not like the burden of the world. It's not like the burden you and I will carry on our own. His burden is light and His yoke is easy. He will teach us His ways and give rest to your souls. As you start um, the year 2022, my hope is that this year you will learn even greater, myself included, what it means to entrust all things to Him. Everything. Everything. What does it mean to entrust to Him your future, your health, your family? What does it mean to entrust that to Him? What does it mean to walk in that rest that Jesus says He will give to those who trust Him? May 2022 for you be a year of rest for your soul because you've learned how to walk with Him more and more each day. Come to Him, those of you who are weary and heavily laden, and He will give you rest. Father, thank You for watching over us. The lamp that burned in the tabernacle reminds us that You are always and forever powerfully present for Your people. Lord, help us to trust You more fully, surrender ourselves more completely to You. Lord, may this year hold for us a year of surrender that we find in the end that giving it over to You brings peace and rest for our soul and fruitfulness and freedom. Lord, I just ask for all of those here today that have been carrying burdens in their life Lord, help them to hand them over to you, to surrender them to you. Lord, teach us your ways and help us walk in step with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've been trying to be Lord of your life, stop. Stop it. It's enough. You're not good at it.
You're not equipped for it. You can't do it. And you're going to stress and strain the rest of your life trying to figure it out to accomplish it, and you'll accomplish nothing. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, forget it. Your efforts are useless unless He's the Lord of your house. So keep your eyes fixed on Him. Walk in step with Him. Give it over to Him. Start 2022 off right. You can have your five-year goal, ten-year goal. You can have your three-month plan. Whatever you want to do. But make sure He's building the house. Don't try to build your own. It's not a good year for that. Lord, bless you and keep you this year.